This is Gary Wakefield, and you're listening to Queer Life Stories. My name is Madison French, and I'm a transgender female. I'm 27 years old now. Yeah. Happy birthday for yesterday. Thank you. Um, I grew up in Burnie. Uh, as a child, younger, I lived in Burnie. I moved out to Wynyard um, around when I was about 12, 13 when I moved to Wynyard and then back to Burnie again. So I was, yeah, always loved Burnie. It's been a yeah, good place to live. I grew up with my, my mum, my dad and my little brother. My brother's two years younger than me. So yeah, um, yeah, we grew up in, in Burnie. It was our main place I grew up. I went to Burnie Primary School and to Burnie High School. Um, yeah, growing up was, was pretty pretty normal. I was, you know, just a normal boy growing up. Um, you know, not much back then had anything to do with me being transgender. I never really, you know, caught on to that for a long time in life. So yeah, I lived a kind of a normal a normal life back then uh, with, you know, all the all the boys on the street. There was no girls on the street, so I just, yeah, ran amok as a, as a child. And, I was always pretty close with family back then, um, with my yeah, mum and dad's side of the family. I was pretty close, had a fair bit to do with them. Um, we've only got a couple of relatives on the mainland, so yeah, we're all pretty pretty tight, pretty close back then. And we've kind of drifted apart a bit now, but yeah, back in the day, we we're definitely a lot closer than what we are now. High school was pretty good. Um, there wasn't too much out of the ordinary for me in high school, you know, I was had some really close friends and made some really, really close friendships that I've still got today. So it was good. Um, you know, it was a bit of bullying here and there, but you know, I think it wasn't any worse than anybody else had it. You know, I went through high school pretty, pretty good. And back then I had, you know, not a lot to do with knowing I was transgender. I had thoughts on the back of my mind, but they were kind of pushed aside and I never really Never took the time to try and understand myself and work myself out. I just pushed him to the side and just continued with my life. And it, and it wasn't something that worried me at the time. It was just something I just had this you know odd thought in the back of my head and was just you know oh, why am I thinking this? Why am I thinking I want to be female? So yeah, back then it wasn't anything that really worried me. And I kind of just lived that normal boy life and went through school with some great friends and yeah. started getting thoughts of wanting to be female. It was pretty early, I'd say it was like around 12, 13, but they were only like just really small thoughts. They weren't something that attracted my attention to anything too much. It was just something I thought, oh, you know, this is just a bit different and never thought too much about it. As I got older and grew up and um, just as I grew up and, you know, started to learn myself a bit more, um, these thoughts become more powerful and um, started to you know, really notice them and they started to get me down. I started to realise that I was not with someone, I wasn't who I wanted to be. And it, yeah, these things took a long time to come into play. Like it wasn't until until I was like nearly 26, 25, until these thoughts really, really took, you know, really got to me and I really knew this is what I wanted to do, what's who I wanted to be. So yeah, they did take a long time for, for it to really sprout and happen for me. Mm. Which is kind of different because a lot of people I've talked to, it's, it's you know it's been really early and they they know that. So yeah, it's a, I'm a little bit different, I guess, and I'm sure there's others out there like me. But when I I got to a rough stage when I was 25, um, it was a stage in life that it was 
it's probably the, the worst part in life I've ever been, the lowest I've ever been. And I don't get low, I'm a pretty very bubbly person. So I knew something was wrong. So what had happened was I was having anxiety attacks, which I didn't realize were anxiety attacks at the time. And I was getting the, the heartbeat, the regular heartbeat and struggling to breathe. And um, my dad died of a heart attack. So I thought I was gonna have a heart attack. I thought I was having a heart attack. And I went to see my GP. We ran every test under the book for my heart and it was fine and worked out I was having anxiety. At the same time, I was having problems with my sexuality, gender, and I was just trying to work everything out that day. Like, I had to have it worked out, and it was just driving me insane and giving, sending me to the worst possible place. So after a you know, trip to the GP, they recommended me to a shrink, and talking to the shrink was the best thing I ever done in my life. Yeah, we had eight or nine sessions, and it just completely flipped my life. It just helped me understand who I am, who I wanted to be, Helped me realise that I don't have to work everything out straight away and that I can take time to figure yourself out. And yeah, that was the best thing I ever did in my life, I reckon, was talk to that, that shrink. It was really good. It's a good lesson to learn, is patience. <laughs> it is. Patience is the key. You know, you don't have to figure out everything that you've got on your mind today. It, some mm. things take time. Mm. Whether it's your gender, your sexuality, it could be anything. Mm. It takes time to develop who you are and learn who you are. I never really had any relationships, I never really um, got in any relationships and which is, you know, I still today haven't had a relationship which is just something that I've done but yeah, I consider myself a straight male back when I was in high school. Um, yeah, it was kind of normal but I never really had the, the um, I guess, the, you know, to try and, I never really took it anywhere, you know, I never really had followed the girls around or tried to get the girls or anything like that. It just didn't bother me and it never really has, um, which is something I'm still working out today about my sexuality because I just don't have that drive that a lot of people do. I'm just, you know, not too interested in it. So it's made it really hard for my sexuality even today, but I've learned my lesson. You just gotta let things work itself out. So that's what I'm doing now is just letting myself work it out. So after talking to my shrink and kind of admitting to myself. I think mean, that's one of the hardest things I ever did was admit to, admit to myself I was transgender. And I spoke to my best friend's mum. I grew up with my best friend. We lived across the road from each other and we've been friends now for probably around 23, four years. So we're really, really close. Um, we both lost our dads at around the same year. So that brought us really close as well. And I was also really close to his mother. She was like that second mother to me. So yeah, she was the first person I spoke to and she's a, she's awesome she's I, I, words can't describe how awesome she is and yeah i was you know I, I really didn't know what was going on at the time but i don't think i even really knew i was transgender when i first spoke to her about what i had going on but i just told her that i was going to see a shrink i had problems with my gender my sexuality and we we're trying to work through it and yeah it just kind of happened from there between talking to people um, which was mostly her to start with um, she's really, yeah, between talking to her and my shrink, about the first two people I really spoke to for a, for a good while, I sort of kept it pretty quiet until I got my head around where I was. Mm -hmm. So yeah, she was the first person that I told. I've been lucky enough in my life to have a very tight circle of friends and family, so yeah, everyone's been very, very accepting, and her especially, she's helped me through it. And Yeah, and I, that was a stage where I was going through and I was in a real bad spot, so it was, it's good to have that support. So after I told I told my I told my name Suzanne she won't mind after I told Suzanne um, where did I go from there I think I 
kind of told my friends. And that was through a text message because I was so nervous to tell them. It was, you know, coming out. And I didn't come out and say I was transgender because I still hadn't admitted to myself that I was transgender at the time. That was like one of the hardest things I ever had to do. But um, I just said to them, you know, I'm having problems with my gender and I'm seeing, um, you know, seeing a therapist over it. And my best mate, we were, you know, been friends for, you know, 20, 30 years. He was amazing. He just ripped back. I think he said something along the lines, I don't care if you're a dog and you want a bar, I'll love you anyway. So that was really nice to know that no matter what in life, I've got his support, which I should have known, which I did know, but you know, you, never, you always get nervous over these things. And, mm. Yeah. So most of my friends were really good coming out. It was, it was good. I had a positive, positive, positive circle around my friends coming out. My mum kind of found out through Suzanne, which was just like, because talking to your really close family is one of the hardest things to do. Mm. So my mum kind of just knew what was going on through Suzanne, and I knew she did. But I did suspect her eventually, and she was a little shocked at first and didn't really know how to handle it, but she was very still supportive. But yeah, I think a lot of people at the start, they just, they don't really know what to do or what to say, or they don't know how to show support. Mm. But yeah, they were all supportive in, in the way where they, they accepted it and they wasn't bad about it. I had a friend who, to this day, has had a hard time wrapping his head around it because of his beliefs. But I don't, I don't believe in holding it against people for that. I, you know, some people take more time, and some people just don't understand. And in the end of the day, some people have a different opinion. And to me, that's fine, as long as they're respectful. And he's always been respectful. And this friend is very close to me. He's, you know, we've been friends for a good 20 years as well. Went grew up through school. And yeah, I've, you know, I got the most sharp respect for him because we're still trying to work through it today and trying to mend that friendship. Um, there was a few things said that were hurtful, but he didn't understand that they were hurtful. So yeah, we're trying to work through it. It wasn't a bad experience. It's just that we had way different beliefs. And yeah, so it's it's kind of hard to help people understand that they've grown up their whole life not believing in it. Mm-hmm. And you can't force people. You just you simply can't. You've got to help them understand and help them get their mind around how you feel and how how you are and yeah and that's what everyone should be like in life we're all different we all like different things have different opinions and that's part of life yeah but you've got to be respectful about other people's opinions so growing up in high school there wasn't much talk about gay or transgender definitely not transgender um, I guess gay people were definitely looked down on um, back when I was in high school um, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit I was probably one of those people that looked down on them back then and I had a very close mind. Um, but yeah, there wasn't. I didn't have much to do with it and I don't think there was much that I knew about it in school either. The first real person that I ever met in the community was um, my first job, almost my second job, as I got an apprenticeship um, as a panel beater. And there was a gay guy that worked there and he was a really nice, really cool person. And that was the first kind of person I'd ever met that I knew was in that in the community and it was gay, which was, it was cool meeting him because in a way it helped me understand myself more, just getting to know him more, if that makes sense. Mm. So yeah, that was my first person I ever met was yeah, my, my, in my apprenticeship. I'd have been 16 when I got my apprenticeship, so I left year 10 and went straight into my apprenticeship as a panel beater and I'm still there, not in the same shop, but I'm still panel beating today, so yeah, I was about 16 at the time. 
so yeah, it was it was it was good to it was good to meet him and um, you know he was it was to me he was a lot different at the time, a very different person when you meet somebody like that, and yeah, it was it was good to meet him. When I finished my apprenticeship, I was uh, I left. I got put on redundancy because of the low work, and I got another job with another company straight away. And I would have been I've been there for nearly probably four years now, and I only started my transition like early last year, so I'm only five months, nearly six months on HRT. So I came out probably at the, when I was early 25, and I yeah I'd been working there for a, for a few years after I'd come out before I came out, so yeah, I'd been there for a while, everybody kind of knew me. Yeah, it was a very different experience coming out in, a, in the workplace like that. So like I was in that dark stage that I had, I was coming to work and I was the worst person to work with. I was I was just a horrible, I wasn't a horrible person, I was just horrible to be around. Um, after I got the help and came out and people could see the things were getting better, um, and I was going to counselling, having time off work a fair bit just to sort myself out and my life out. Um, I think I came to my boss first and I sat down with him in the office and I just said to him straight out, you know, this is what I'm doing, this is what I've been going to counselling for. Um, I think I'm transgender, is pretty much what I told him and he was really good. Um, he couldn't be any better, he was very supportive. He said to me that everyone has their own things in life they do and you know, we're always, we're always going to be supported here and yeah, it was pretty much it. And then after that, I just kept, you know, doing what I was doing, coming out slowly and working myself out. And I was just kind of letting the guys not work as I was going. And it, sometimes it'd be having a laugh over it and having a joke about it, which was fine by me. Other times it was a bit more serious. They'd ask me serious questions. Oh, how's it going? What are you up to? And I think at the start of it to them, they kind of thought it was a joke. They had a laugh about it. They wasn't too worried or too, you know, serious about it. But as it become more um, realistic and I was going, starting to start HRT, um, they realised, okay, this isn't something that we're joking about. This is real. So it was, yeah, it was a big change. But everyone at my work has been unreal. I know a lot of them don't agree with it, but they're still being supportive. They don't be rude, you know, they're, they're really open and respectful. So that's what you can ask for, especially in a workplace like mine, it's very male dominant. Mm. Yeah, and they've been great, each and every one of them. You know, transitioning is a journey. I think it's not a journey just for yourself, but for the people around you, for the people that are close to you. And I think, you know, if I was to go fully transition three or four years down the track, um, and these people, still had their, their opinions that didn't agree with my opinion, I wouldn't hold it against them, you know, that's completely up to them. I think the difference is being respectful about it, you know. The way I see it and I explain it to everybody is if somebody likes barbecue sauce and I like tomato sauce, we can still be friends and we can still get along. We don't have to give each other shit about that. And I think it's the same with transgender and a lot of other things in the world. Um, you know, they might never change their opinion, but as long as they're respectful and respect your opinion, I think that's all you can ask for. Because there's a lot of people out there, you just won't change their mind, you know, they've, they've been brought up to believe otherwise and, you know, I was one of those people back in the day a long time ago that knew nothing about this and it was because of lack of understanding. Mm. And, yeah, you wouldn't have changed my mind back then. I think people have to develop on their own and understand and learn more as they go as well as, as you do when you're transitioning. Mm. So I hope I can educate my friends and 
um, further down the track, they'll have a better understanding of transgender people and why they transition and about life on our end of the, of the book. So I've never had much to do with the, with the community at all. Um, I've never felt the need to because I have that tight circle of friends. I um, have been lucky enough to keep all my friends and family. So it's my life is kind of with my friends has kept going as a normal to pretty to an extent. But um, I reached out to the community just because you know for something to do instead of keeping yourself in your room all day and you know it gets you that gets you that anxiety and depression ticking over again. So I reached out and. And it was good at first, it was really nervous. I knew nobody and I didn't really talk to anybody. But um, yeah, the more events I went to, the more people I kind of met and realized it's not really that scary and it's actually really good because there's a lot of people that are, everyone's different in their own ways, but we're all alike in one way. So it's good to meet those people and have that connection. And I've made some really close friends through the LGBT plus community. You know, I'm not at a stage where I'll pull If someone misgenders me, I won't pull it up. Like if it's somebody I know and I'm close to, I, I probably will sometimes. But I'm not at a stage where it, it does bother me, but it doesn't bother me enough to call somebody out about it. But like, you know, I'm not going to say somebody again, I don't worry about it. Hmm. Um, but I've never had any general harassment. I've had one incident at work um, just with a disagreement with somebody that, you know, doesn't agree with it and we was drinking and it got a bit out of hand but you know it was we put aside that was apologetic and you know life goes on but no as a general public i haven't really had anyone you get the weird looks and you know that sort of thing but i've never had anyone talk bad or or yeah anything like that do you feel like your gender identity has ever stopped you from doing something that you've wanted to do Oh, it stops me from doing so many things. Um, you know, there's an example. Um, I had a grade 10 reunion not long ago, and that was one of the scariest things I ever did. Was because I, I was, you know, fair, it was only like a few weeks ago, so I was I was a fair bit through my transition that I've had so far, yeah. um, and that was scary. And we all went out to on the town afterwards, and I'm not comfortable using public toilets. I don't like them unless it's a disabled toilet or a general neutral toilet. I don't feel comfortable using the toilets. Um, that's probably just a me thing, but um, yeah, it's, it's just a lot of people that you hear about and see stuff on Facebook, it does make it hard because people do abuse people in the toilets. You know, I don't feel comfortable using a man's toilet because I'm not a man, but I don't feel comfortable using a female toilet because I'm scared I'm going to upset somebody. So, you know, you go out and have fun, I you go to the toilet, I just go home. I just call it a night. And that's, you know, it's a sad thing because it's sad to see where that night could have gone if mm. that problem didn't get in the way. And there's been times where, you know, I'd, I want to do things and I won't do them just because, you know, it's a part of my anxiety and my gender. Just, I'm just scared to do it. I don't know what other people are going to do or react. So, yeah, there are times where, where you do get in your head that, you know, you're not doing that because of that. Yeah, it can be hard sometimes. Yeah, so after I went to the, the, the psych, it was actually a counsellor, so after I went to the counsellor, um, I went back to my GP, obviously, and had a chat with my GP, and my GP was the one who recommended me to the counsellor. Um, my G, I told my GP that I'd been talking about my gender, and that 
and this was at the time I was still admit I was transgender because yeah. and I was just like I and I knew about the clinic I'd done a bit of research about transgender growing up and um you know through my 20s um and yeah I said to the doctor I'd like to be referred to the, to the clinic which is a special gender clinic in Montessor and my doctor had no idea about any of this so she just like ripped the referral and sent me away and he was just like she had no idea what to do um then I ran the, got a call from the clinic and booked an appointment and over the time it was through COVID so I was everything I've done I've never to the day went to the clinic. I've never seen my doctor. It's just all been over Skype calls pretty much. So yeah, the clinic got in contact with me after the referral was sent to them. And I had a chat to the doctors up there um, about it. I think the first step um, after chatting with her of just what I wanted to do and by the time that came around, because it did take a bit of time, I, I knew I wanted to start HRT. And so I got done a little bit of research on, talked to a few people and it was, yeah, it was starting to admit to myself that this is where I wanted to go and I was transgender. Um, so she sent me to a, a psych to see it all cleared. Um, my dad passed away when I was 17 um, from a heart attack. So, you know, those things that got brought up in, in the psych to make sure that none of this was related to that and that I was transgender and to be get all cleared on hormones. So that was a, quite a process and a, a few different chats to, to the psych and the shrink to yeah, pass me for that just to make sure that I was right, which I'm thankful they do because if you're starting HRT and you're not mentally right to do that, that'd be the worst thing ever. So yeah, after the, the few appointments with, with the shrink, I went back and got my first script sent to me in the mail. And that was probably one of the best days of my life. Then mm. from there, it just went, you know, a couple of appointments every couple of months and check the dosages and go from there. The first two months, I I went into it thinking I was going to be psycho. I thought I was going to be like, you know, this psycho person and have emotions running through me everywhere, but nothing changed in the first two months. I was surprised. Um, the first couple of weeks on meds do throw you around a little bit, but after that, it settles down. A couple more months after that, you know, I up the meds again and same thing, it's a couple of hard days and then it settles down. I think it's only the last week, and as I was saying, when I walked in, I really started to notice my emotions have just started to swing. You know, I'll be in the car, and I'm not a person that cries, and a song will come on, and I'll just start crying. And you don't even know why. So, it's, yeah, it's definitely been a bit of a roller coaster, but it's all the changes and things that you want, that you want to happen, and, you know, it comes with the mood swings and all that kind of thing as well with it. So, and my transition now, so I've got my next appointment with my doctor in a couple of days actually so um there'll be a review on my levels of my hormones things like that um just to get my the levels right so that's what this you know the first six months eight months is doing is just getting those levels right and playing around with those um my next step that i want to do personally will be laser hair removal i want to get that done on my, on my face just to get rid of the shadow around around my you know around my sort of moe area um and there's things I'm going to look into in the future with surgeries but other than that it's just a waiting game really waiting game and you know living your new life and learning to be the new you and learning all those different things and a lot of the transition comes from that I think comes from um, for, for me personally of the things that I'm doing that I never wanted to do before or never thought I could do before such as makeup and 
you know, wearing the clothes that I want to wear now. And, you know, that's all part of my transition as well. So I'm learning all that as I go. I just don't have anything to do with anything like news related or, you know, any, you know, I just don't do it. I just stay out of it. I stay out of social media for, for my own mental health. And I'm just not, you get people that will fight for the community and fight for people like, like me. And I'm just not one of those people, you know, I'm, I look back, I'm probably bad where I look back at it and say, you know, I don't care. You know, people can think what they want. They're allowed to have their opinions, but at the same time, there's got to be someone fighting for the rights. There's got to be someone at the front line. It's just not me. So I, I kind of, yeah, dig my own grave there, but I, yeah, I'm not a frontline person when it comes to that kind of thing. I kind of just sit back and watch everybody else fight and don't like being involved in it. I'm just going to keep being me and see what happens. Don't do it alone. Um, you know, you've got to be safe about, about talking to people, but you know, do talk to people about it and realise that you don't have to work everything out in a day. Some things take years to work out and that's absolutely fine. There's no rush, you've got your whole life ahead of you. It doesn't matter how old you are, you know. If you try to work everything out in a day, you're not going to get anywhere. It's just going to cause you a headache. So you take your time, get support, you know, hit people up on Facebook. Hit me up on Facebook, you know, I'm always open to chat. There's so much support and groups out there. You know, even if you're not sure, it's... You know, we're always welcoming to people. Brilliant. Excellent. Done. Thank you. Awesome. If you're struggling with your mental health, please contact Lifeline on 13114 or Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Both services are available 24-7. If you would like to share your story, talk about your experiences, or would just like to get in touch, you can email me at queerlifestories at outlook.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram. Just search for Queer Life Stories. If you are listening in Northwest Tasmania and would like to be part of an LGBT plus community, social and support group, search Facebook for Northwest Pride. In Tasmania, if you want support for your sexuality, gender or intersex status, you can contact Working It Out on 03-6231-1200. QLife provide anonymous and free LGBTI peer support and referrals for people across Australia wanting to talk about sexuality, gender identity, relationships and more. They're available 3pm to midnight every day on 1800 184 527 or web chat with them at qlife.com.au. You can hear future episodes of Queer Life Stories at Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Please follow, rate, and review. It does really help. We will be back soon. Take care of yourself and each other.